dad found a love letter from a guy in my box of things, and he read this letter and lost it. He took me for a ride and dropped me off in the middle of the night with a $5 bill. That's sort of all I remember, sleeping outside in the country that night. And I really missed my brothers and sisters when I left home. I remember hearing that if you guys talked to me, if I'd call the house, that you'd get a beating because dad didn't want you to catch gay. And you guys believed that. Granted, it was a fear-based belief. Of course, but, you know, it was still something I had to try to fix. And so as each of you guys moved out or got kicked out of the house... Or ran away. Or ran away, in your case. I would make an effort to try to contact you guys and be a big brother again. At first, you were really resistant. You didn't know anything about gay people. And it took a long time for our relationship to build. But after you started to accept it, every time you met another gay person, <laughs> you would say, oh, you've got to meet my brother and hook me up with every guy that you thought was gay. You know, it was, I always thought that was really sweet. And that's when we started coming back together, you know, as brothers and sisters, Brian, Pam, Chris, Mike, Jude, Amy, Josh, and Luke Henry. Now, Luke Henry, I didn't even know because he wasn't born till I was like 19 or 20. And I hadn't seen him in ever. And I got a call and the voice on the other end said, uh, Brian, this is your little brother, Luke. By this time, you know, he was estranged from mom and dad. And he wanted to go to University of Dallas. So I took my savings and I bought one one-way ticket and one round-trip ticket to Dallas. Now, mind you, this is a Catholic school and I'm the big gay brother. I'm running around getting him set up for his dorm room. And we go through this whole weekend. And at the end, I gave Luke a hug and a kiss and told him how much I loved him. And he started walking away. I was just watching after him like, wow, I really finally got to be a big brother. And at that moment, he turned around and mouthed, I love you. It was the most beautiful moment. I had ever experienced. And I called you from the hotel, sobbing. Do you remember this? Yeah. You brought eight siblings that were so far apart to be as close as we all became. I just want you to know how much you mean to me, that you've loved me like this. And for that, I will be forever grateful. You're a good man. Well, thank you, Mike. two years um tomorrow i'm gonna hang out with friends people that i actually like it feels weird that after two years to be surrounded like i'm not anxious about it or you know the social skills that you 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 earn when um you interact with people all the time i lost that a long time ago the last show that we had was uh i can't even remember but you know what let me look it up Damn, the last time I hung out with anybody in a large group was in 
July 27th. But that was only because we had a comedy show in Clovis. That was the last time I was in a big group or actually hung out with people that I liked. July 27th, 2019. I miss Marcel. I miss Derek Burns, Christian Gizar, Tabitha, Philip. I miss the old crew. I miss getting together and having this big performance, this big show that we all put together. I miss having a crew that we're all working towards the same goal. People don't... The pandemic, yes, it hurt all of us, but for people that are in show business or people that are depend on large crowds, it really affected us. And, and I think I've already talked about this, that how it really messed up my my career or my pursuit of the career. I've had a couple of people in my life that have been, if they weren't in my life, then I wouldn't have continued. And I'm very grateful and I'm very, I can't, I, I, I wouldn't be able to continue if I didn't have them in my corner. And I'm excited for what's to come and I want to bring them into the fold and I'm still kind of, not scared, but I'm weary of going outside. I'm weary, I'm worried. Last week, like almost a week, my cousin passed away from COVID. Um, fell asleep, woke up, fell asleep again and never woke up. And I wasn't scared of it before. I wasn't whatever. It's just I don't want to take the vaccine because I still don't know. We still don't know the long term effects. And I'm scared of interacting with people. I don't I, I really don't know what to do because my career involves being in large crowds. And I feel like I'm going to become a germaphobe, but I, I don't know. Because it's like, if you think about it, okay, yeah, it's COVID. COVID is what we're worried about. But is, you don't think that there's another, like, I'm just going to say COVID. To, you know what? I'm just going to say what it is, a virus, right? We're scared of COVID, the virus. That's just the virus that we know. You don't think there's another virus that's out there that's spreading that we don't know about? It took us how many months to finally take COVID seriously? Even though, whatever. The government, society, they're not proactive. They're reactive. It's not till seeing someone die in a car crash do they even, oh, okay, maybe we should invent seatbelts. So, even though we cure COVID, we get rid of it completely, and it's just like, okay, well, what other fuck-ups are the government going to try to cover up? What other fuck-ups are out there that they don't want to admit to? What other... So, it's... I mean, I've always known this. I've always known that the government lies, the government manipulates, the government plays games with people's lives. As they have a bunker ready that they can hide in. Because you're the first ones to get the news. So they're prepared. And then they dictate what the rest of us should do. Like the whole Fauci or what the fuck his name is. Lied about the masks. He said that 
you don't need masks. Why? Because he wanted the people that needed masks to get masks. And then he said to wear masks. And then he said, don't wear masks. And then he said, wear three masks. And then he, so if they're willing to lie just about that, what else are they lying about? So I don't know, man. I'm, I'm just in situations like this. I wish there was a dictator because at least, you know, that evil it's a, you know, what's that saying? You're better off with the devil, you know, than the devil. You don't know. At least with a liar, you know, it's a liar. But when someone is trying to be honest, not honest, but you expect it from them. It's not as hard to, to, to weather or, or navigate. So I, I don't know. I don't know about, I don't know what to do. I want to get it. I don't want to get it. I want this. I want that. I don't, I don't, I, um, but yeah, after I think two years, I don't know how long it's been. July, was it July 27th? I don't remember. Um, I haven't been in a large group since then. I haven't hung out with anybody since then. Like, more than four people? No. Or five or six people? No. And it, it, it's gotten me worried that I don't know how to act in those situations. I'm excited. But it's just... <laughs> I feel like a feral cat now. I just can't. I just don't know how to interact. I don't know how to... But I am excited that everything is opening up and... We can go back to normal. Whatever that means. I still want to get on stage and tell my stupid jokes. Hopefully I can be good at that. Which I don't I don't think I have a doubt. Like I, I think I can conquer it. Because. So. When I was a little kid. I didn't know how to ride a bike. And I didn't have anybody to teach me. I don't remember how we had a bike and one day I decided I'm going to learn how to ride a bike. No help, no nothing. And this is not a regular like little kid bike, this is a mountain bike. So my <laughs> my feet could barely touch the pedals. But I got on and this is on like a dirt gravel road and stuff or whatever. And it was downhill. Got on, went downhill, fell. Got back up, covered in dust, dirt, bleeding from my hands and knees. Got back on and kept going. Kept. It took me all day. Sweating, covered in dirt. I don't know when the last time was that you fell, but if you've ever fallen and you've braced yourself with your hands, Sometimes you get gravel or dirt embedded, cut into your hands, bleeding. Or if you fall on your knees, scraped. You gotta pluck the pebbles out of your knees. That entire day, I still don't know why I wanted to, but I just kept going and going and going. Covered in dirt, bleeding from my hands and knees. I learned how to ride a bike by myself. And it's been like that with everything that I try to do. 
I, I started Photoshop with a trial version with the laptop that had to be connected to the wall because the battery was fried. I learned photography from an old point and shoot camera and I learned how to record video with an outdated camcorder. If you want something bad enough, anything will do. It's not the camera, it's not the device, it's not... It's better to be a master with a stone than to be a novice with a knife. And I see people that, you know, they buy the best equipment. And I'm thinking about this one guy in particular. I think he's Indian. Punjabi, I don't know what he is. But his family is well off or... They're actually pretty sure they own plenty of stores and liquor stores and stuff. So money for him is not an issue. But I see that he bought the best equipment, the best anything. If you're going to be a filmmaker, you you know, he, he went down the list and he bought everything that he could so he can be a filmmaker. And... I'm not bragging or anything, this is just what it is, but he doesn't even have the fundamentals of what it is to be a videographer, a filmmaker, a photographer. He thought that just because he had the equipment that he could be great at it. And, and I'm not shitting on the guy or anything, it's just, I, I eventually I would like to work with him and teach him what I know. Because... It's, it's, yes, this world is a competition, but it's also about passing down knowledge. And I don't like that there's a, people, just how their lines, like borders and, and, and state lines and county lines and borders, those don't really exist. Just how Mexicans and African-Americans and Italians, that doesn't exist. We're all the fucking same. We're all doing the same thing. It, the entire existence of the human race is just a relay race. We collect knowledge and we pass it down. That's all we're supposed to do. So to hate somebody by their skin color or their accent or the way their eyes look or their hair or whatever it is, it's just so stupid. We're all after the same thing. But we're all meant for something else. And that's just to continue to pass down knowledge. So for me... Whatever I collect is meant to be shared. So even though... <clears throat> he's not a great photographer or filmmaker or anything that's not important what I look at is he wants to be in that realm he's after it there's not a lot of people that want to chase that so for me not to help him is only betraying myself because I love I've been collecting movies 
or films actually because how uh, Scorsese said that Marvel movies are not films they're movies but they're not films and I get what he means the Godfather is a film Schindler's List is a film the Fast and the Furious is not a film that's a movie there's differences and differences differences mean something they have to mean something words mean something everything is created for its own purpose or for to mean a specific thing words matter so he has all those he has the state of like he ha so he has the equipment he just doesn't have the knowledge I've reached out to him once and this is where pride gets in the way I told him I can help him out that we can work on something and this is what I'm doing and he said oh well that's not the direction I'm going for that's not what I'm trying to do a year later he's trying to do what I'm doing and I get it People change, ideas change, things morph, things happen. But it, um, I need to have a conversation with them again. Maybe this time will be better. But I don't know how I got down this path, but I get to hang out with people that I like tomorrow. I'm not nervous. And I'm not scared. I think I said in one of my uploads that how things change, things erode, and the the lessons or the... I think I said, like, talk about McDonald's or something. Imagine you're working at McDonald's and all the stories that get lost once everybody gets fired or leaves that place. Do those stories even exist? And it's the same thing with, like, when I was working at Samart. When I started working at Samart, all the people that I met now imagine all easiest way I can explain it is say you buy an axe and I forgot who said this first and I know I should give credit to but I, I can't remember say you buy an axe and you have to re replace the 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 metal end of the axe right you replace it and now you have to replace the handle so you replace it so is it the same axe or hammer or whatever it is and I'm tired of not I'm tired of having to replace I'm not replace but letting go of people that I like I'm tired of working with people and having a connection with people and not and as soon as you're they quit or somebody quits or someone's gone it's just like okay well that meant nothing to nobody it's like cotton candy it's this big ass fluffy thing and then when you finally taste it it's just nothing so I mean I'm old I'm almost 50 <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know how old I am. I stopped counting a long time ago. 
But I'm just, I'm tired of having to say goodbye to people and not have them in my life anymore. Everybody that I've ever been friends with, I still am. Everybody that I've ever been in love with, I still care for. We're, we are on this floating rock in the middle of God knows where, spinning, flying at inimaginable rate of speed towards where, who the fuck knows, in a galaxy, in a universe. This just thought that I've been having, or I've always had. If you could live forever, what would be the most, um, not depressing, but what would be the most devastating thing? That you live forever and nothing ever repeats itself. So the people that you loved are really gone forever. And you will never experience them ever again. Or experience those feelings ever again. Or that you live forever. And everything does repeat itself. To the people that you did love. And those existence or, or, or and those and those experiences will happen again. So it's like. Either something holds extreme value, or something holds no value. If you know that that person is going to exist again, would you be sad at their funeral? Would you even care as much anymore? So the death wouldn't be that they actually die, but the death would be in you caring less. You just give up on them. You just don't care. It's like a pet dying or like something. It's just a flimsy anything. It's just like just something that the wind brushed away. So the difference is that their death isn't their actual death. The death is the care that you have in your soul for them. It just disappears. To the point that they don't even matter anymore. Or the opposite. That that person will never exist. Ever again. Which is worse. I don't know. I, don't, I, I really... These are the things that I think about. And, and I chase my tail with. But I'm tired of saying goodbye to people. And I feel that people think I'm weird for it. But it's not that I'm weird. I'm just ahead of the curb. Nobody thinks of these things. It's impossible to live in the now. Everybody lives in the past. There is no future. Even right now, at this very second, it's already the past. Like right now. Let's say, okay, <clears throat> think of the color orange. 
Guess what? That was four seconds ago. You're in the past. Everything is in the past. Everything is fleeting. Everything is leaving. Everything is going and gone. I don't think it's weird. I don't think I'm weird. I don't... I'm just a person that understands what reality is and is trying really hard to grasp and hold on to anything that is secure. With my cousin, I thought I had more time. Last time I saw him, I saw him at a gas station. Him and my other cousins and uncles or whatever. I don't know where they were going. It's in the summer. I was going to work. We made some funny blood in, blood out joke. I had a comb with me. <laughs> so I pretended to... If you watch blood and blood out, you'll get it. If you don't, uh, go watch blood and blood out. Just, just, just for this little joke. Go watch it and then come back. <laughs> but... I had a comb with me and I was combing my hair and I looked at him like suave Al <laughs> and we laughed about it when I had my comedy shows he would go to him and he got buried today and I couldn't go Think about my cousin and his brother, my cousin. They're kind of locally famous. So there was so many people. And I can't be around people. I couldn't. I can't. The media probably has fucked me up. People's misinformation has fucked me up. I just couldn't be around that many people and risk getting something. <laughs> My family comes from Mexico and one of the... If it were America, I think I've talked about this before. If, if Mexico was America, uh, you know how in the United States we shit on Louisiana or the South or Florida. And then in Florida, in Louisiana, in like all these states, there are certain counties that people shit on too. In Mexico, that version would be Oaxaca. And just the name Oaxaca makes people think that we're all short, dark, straight Inca, Aztec Indian looking that we're so uncivilized that we're still in the fucking Stone Age looking Neanderthal people. But that's where my family comes from. <laughs> but my cousins took that and twisted it. They made it a sense of pride. Him and I had this running joke where 
we would make fun of how our parents or our grandparents sound because of the way they talk. And we would just talk like that. <laughs> and, and their mannerisms and stuff. It was just funny to us. Just to make fun of it, but... But to feel... Like, to take pride in something that people thought it was lower than them. To make that, they're like, fuck you, this is where we're from. <laughs> that, um... First baseball game I ever went to was at the... Went to see the Dodgers in L.A. And I went with him. And it just feels weird that I can't... I thought I had more time. I thought that, you know, I'm going to go to work and he's hanging out with, with, with all the, the, the cousins, the primos. They're having fun right now. You know what? You know, I'll take a weekend off and I'll go hang out with them. And that became a thought of the week, a thought of the month. Thought of half the year, the year. Me focusing on what I want to do. And I can't go hang out with them because, oh, I got this deadline. I got this and I'm working on I got this and I'm trying to achieve. People don't know he's a barber. Or he was a barber. I would hit him up and be like, hey, man, you know, I don't know if you're busy today. Can you cut my hair or whatever? He'd, he'd just tell me, oh, yeah, come to this house. Come to that house. He always had his tools with him. He would cut my hair. And then he wouldn't let me pay him. He would just be like, no, 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 that's fine, primo. See what? <laughs> and he left behind his son. And his son will never know how he was really like. He'll hear stories. He will hear stories, but... <laughs> He's never gonna know. My cousins. Uncles. This is one thing that I do because I, I, I was very... I was very, I still am very into reggaeton. And if you don't know what reggaeton, it's basically like uh, Caribbean hip hop in Puerto Rico. But this is one thing that they do, and I would always do it. So whenever he would see me or anybody would see me, they'd be like, Bra! <laughs> And he would do it every time he saw me. I have videos of him in my hard drives because we recorded some stuff and I'm scared to look for him.
I'm scared to hear him laugh again. But, I mean, this is what happens when you're like 50-something or however old I am. You start to lose friends and family. I, uh, <laughs> I originally, I originally went on this podcast to talk about what happened to me in high school. But I can't even think that far now. I am I can't even imagine what losing a brother feels like. Yeah, I can't I can't I can't imagine what it feels like to lose a brother. But now I'm worried to me my brothers are my entire family. I don't talk to my dad, my mom, our relationship is getting better, but the heart of my family is my brothers, and I can't imagine what it feels like to lose them, and I know that day is coming, and I hope they get to live a super long life, and I'm the one that has to pass away first. After a very long life. <laughs> but. I'm worried. For my cousin. Edgar. Usher. Herrera. We called him Usher. I called him Usher. Mommy, that was his nickname. And his older brother. Eric Negro Herrera. We called him Negro. Why did we call him Negro? Or why do we call him Negro? I don't know. Why do we call Usher? Usher? I don't know. But that's just who they were. Or who, or who he was. But I'm scared for... I'm scared for Negro. I, because I can't even imagine what I would do if one of my brothers passed away. So I'm scared for him. I don't want anything to happen to him. But like I said, it, it's, it's, you get to the point where these things are going to happen. <clears throat> I listen, uh, Bill Burr is one of the greatest comics to ever live, and I need to see him before he becomes one of the greatest comedians that ever lived was Patrice O'Neill, and I didn't get to see him live. And now one of the greatest comedians to ever live is Bill Burr. And I want to see him live. But one of the things that he said is that. 
this is the the consequences that people don't tell you about about getting old getting old you know you you get back problems your your knees give out or whatever the fuck happens you know your heart breaks because of relationships and all these other things and then he said that one of the things that people don't talk about is that all the family members that you lose, that you have to bury, and all the friends that you have to bury, and acquaintances that you have to bury. That the older you get, the sadder you get. The more you lose. Getting old isn't a good thing. Getting old, it, all it is, is heartbreak. I'm not sure if I've said this before one of the uploads of the podcast, but there is this image of this veteran that they've had parades for all the World War II veterans just for them in some village somewhere. I don't know where. And every year all the veterans would show up and every year it'd be less and less until one year it was just one man sitting. For the parade sitting there crying because all of his friends all the people that have endured what he endured are gone and now it's just him alone <sighs> one of my closest friends called me desperation or in agony that they don't want to exist anymore and I understand that feeling I'm tired of saying goodbye to people that I care about I don't want to do that anymore I wanted to say the first half, but nah, 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 nah. Mm-mm. The first one third of my life has been nothing but pain. And I gotta hope that what comes next is, is worth it. I was supposed to talk about my high school life and all that stuff. I was. I started thinking about uh, La Bamba, Richie Valens, and how that high school life and no care, no worry. All you had to worry about was homework or a test or a girl you liked or dude or whatever the fuck you're into. I wish I was back there. But then I got a don't because I was such a fucking idiot and... and I wasn't smooth or smart. I was just a fucking idiot. But then again, I blame that on my parents. I blame that on... I shouldn't, but I do. But it's just... I don't know. But I'm excited tomorrow. Hopefully I get to... Hopefully I don't fuck it up and I can actually have friends again. There are people from my Samar days that I miss. Obviously, Philip. Well, if I could talk to Philip, still. 
But I miss Scott. I miss Hugh. Barrick. <sighs> I miss Daniel Engelhoff. Sometimes I forget that he's gone. And then I remember him, and then I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see him talk shit about him. <laughs> and then I remember he's gone. That's why when we started, it was first full. That's why when we started, it was first Medina Promotions. And then it became DLE Entertainment for Daniel. <laughs> fucking wearing. <laughs> Do you guys remember when Skechers had the fucking. The, 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 the Kim Kardashian shoes, the shape ups? <laughs> I think that's what it was. He would wear those. I was like, God damn, Daniel, he tried to get that J-Lo booty, huh? You go, girl. <laughs> Watching Daniel was what made me want to get into video and photography. There's videos of him on YouTube that I have saved and downloaded onto my computer that once in a while I'll watch again. This is video. Well, there's the on Eloy's House of Waka Walkers, our YouTube channel. There's the video of um, me showcasing all the things that we do. And Daniel's in there. Him on his phone trying to explain something to Philip. We did so much in his honor, in his name. And I want to do more. Same thing as my cousin. I want to do stuff in his name. I am, uh... I wish there was more wisdom in this. If it's going to be called Memoirs of a Sage, there should be more wisdom in this, but... There isn't, and I'm sorry, I guess. It's just... This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm going through. I feel that every episode of Memoirs of a Sage has always been um, a sad episode. But, like I've said before, I wear my emotions and my heart on my sleeve. The truth is always the best option. It's the best outcome that it can provide. <sighs> I hope I do great tomorrow. I'm sad about today. There are other things that I'm dealing with. I might have to move to Southern California. It's not a bad thing if I have to, it's to help a friend. But if I don't, that's fine either, it's just... I'm getting to the point where... I've been in the cocoon for far too long, it's time for me to come out. Whether I'm a butterfly or a wasp. Wait, dude, hold on, let me check this. <laughs> yeah, so, it's either butterfly or moths. Just depends, I guess.
the cicada? I don't know. But things have to change. And like I said, I scraped my knees on a bike trying to learn by myself. So me trying to be a comic is not going to be something that I'm afraid of. I'm pretty sure I'm funny. And that's one thing that I have to do now. Every talent that I have, it's time for me to get paid for it. From making music, making videos, photography, editing, promoting, advertising, comedy, sketches. I don't know. My, my, my resume, my list is so long of things that I can do. Things have to change now. But <clears throat> that's a conversation for a different time. Anyways, but yeah, anyways, I'll let you guys go. Um, I'll talk to you guys some other time. My name is Seven, and this has been Memoirs of a Sage. I'm condemned, I'm condemned, all my heart is on a mend. Nobody gives a damn about me. You can tell me that you love me till your little arms turn blue But I'm always alone when I fall asleep And the girls that walk downtown are like some stars that fell to earth They like the veins in my arms, the story in my hurt The boys, they always tell me that my words get them by They can tell how much I mean it by the bloodshot in my eye So don't try to make my fault if Plan on leaving, don't come at all Oh, no, there's no glory in the fall If no one's around at the end of it all I'm condemned, I'm condemned, oh, my heart is on a mend Looking for somebody who can save me I'm condemned, I'm condemned, just like all my worthless friends Waiting on the wind to set us free well, the depth that I've been after, all the booze and all the laughter, I guess that's just what makes us who we are. And the people that we lose, and the battles that we choose, have you pining for something too damn far. So don't try to make it my fault if you plan on leaving, don't come at all. Lord knows no glory in the fall. Around at the end of it all I'm condemned, I'm condemned All my heart is on a mend Nobody gives a damn about me You can tell me that you love me Till your little lungs turn blue But I'm always alone when I fall asleep Don't try to make it my fault If you plan on leaving Don't come at all Lord knows no glory in the fall If no one's around at the end of it all I'm condemned, I'm condemned All my heart is on a mend Nobody gives a damn about me 
You can tell me that you love me till your little lungs turn blue But I'm always alone, I fall asleep And the girls that walk downtown are like some stars that fell to earth They like the veins in my arms, the story in my hurt The boys, they always tell me that my words get them by They can tell how much I mean it by the bloodshot in my eye Try to make my fault if you plan on leaving. Don't come at all. Lord knows no glory in the fall. If no one's around at the end of it all, I'm condemned. I'm condemned. Oh, my heart is on a mend. Looking for somebody who can save me. I'm condemned. I'm condemned. Just like all my worthless friends, waiting on the wind to set us free. Well, the depth that I've been after, all the booze and all the laughter, I guess that's just what makes us who we are. And the people that we lose, and the battles that we choose, have you pining for something too damn far. Don't try to make it my fault if you plan on leaving. Don't come at all. Lord knows no glory in the fall. Around at the end of it all I'm condemned, I'm condemned Oh, my heart is on a mend Nobody gives a damn about me You can tell me that you love me Till your little lungs turn blue But I'm always alone, I fall asleep Don't try to make my fault If you plan on leaving Don't come at all knows no glory in the fall if no one's around at the end of it all